welcome, welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. And I actually just heard little footsteps upstairs because I am pretty loud during nap time in this introduction. So we might get a cameo from my four-year-old page, but uh, we have Jeff Lovechkio on the podcast, just the two of us here today. And uh, you know, it's that time of year Vex were like, everybody kind of reevaluates themselves, you know, it's like, Oh, it's the new year and we, we're going to get back to the basics or we're going to change some things. And, and, um, I kind of did that. It's been a rough couple of weeks for me. Um, Oh, hi Paige. Do you want to say hi real quick? Say hi. hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. I need you to, that's uncle Jeff. I know. Can you go back upstairs, please? Thank you. I knew she was going to come downstairs. I'm not editing this out either. This is awesome. <laughs> Um, but this is a time of year, Christmas, holidays, new year, everybody kind of reassesses where they're at and you know, what's been good, what's been not so good. And, and, uh, for me, it's been like a kind of a tough couple weeks here. Uh, just life-wise we had, uh, for my oldest class, we had, uh, somebody, uh, tested positive for COVID. So she's been home the last two weeks and then she got sick, not with COVID, but she was sick and now it's Christmas break. So it's kind of like back to square one where the kids are at home and not able to go to school. So for any parents that are listening, they know how awesome that is. And uh, just hockey wise, it's been kind of weird. Team lost a couple games, a little bit of a rough stretch. So you just kind of go back and just evaluate all the stuff that you're doing. And, and so I did, and I came up with my 10 commandments and I got that because my daughters are obsessed with that Hamilton music or uh, uh, musical. Have you seen that or heard it? No, I haven't, but I heard it's awesome. Yeah, it's unreal, dude. It's unreal. It's on Disney Plus. I don't know if you have that, but still oh, I do. Our house. Yeah. And uh, one of the songs is the 10 Dual Commandments, and it's on like on a repeat. And uh, I don't know if for four and two year olds, if the duel where people are shooting each other is the best you know, message to be sending, but they don't know really what it means. <laughs> it's a catchy tune though. But anyway, right. I wrote down my 10, 10, uh, dual commandments and figure we go through them here today. And, and honestly, like, I think it would be good just for everybody. To, I mean, one of the things is all about self-reflection and I think self-reflection is, is just a really important tool that we can all have to, to get better and enjoy ourselves a little bit more and, and kind of get some perspective on where we're at and where we want to go. And I don't know, do you feel like this is the time of year for that too? Yeah. I mean, everybody at this time of year is like, this year's going to be my year. This year's <laughs> going to be the year. And that's great, you know, but like, I feel like everyone should lay out some foundational steps or, you know, numbers or a program or an outline or something, because I feel like anytime I get away from doing what makes me me, that's obviously when I'm not successful. But when I get back, to doing the details and focusing on the seemingly little details and habits. That's when I have always in hockey, business, training, life, whatever relationships. That's always when I'm at my best. Yeah. It's a, it's incredible. It's one of those things where everybody does it at this time of the year. And then it ends on January 12th or January 6th 
or January 9th or something like that. You know, it's just, it's so hard to be disciplined. It's so hard to create the habits necessary to you know just focus on the little details every day. But at the end of the day, that's what makes success. And, and that's what honestly probably makes happiness too for, not for everybody, but for a lot of people, if you got your stuff together and you're prepared and you're doing the things that you need to do to, to be successful, I think happiness kind of follows that. And I mean, that's for me. And I, I assume that's for you too. And, and, uh, but it is, it's, it's really, really hard to follow through on all those things. But that's where like what you just, what you said that you did, and we're going to go over here. Um, and I haven't heard your steps yet. You know, like I'm excited to hear these because like that's doing that step is the first step to the rest of the steps. And then you just follow steps. You know, I said step a lot there, but you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) it's just, we talk about it all the time. Being successful is very monotonous. It's a lot of doing the same thing over and over and over and executing well on things that are just little. And so a list like this is huge. So I'm excited to hear what yours are. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, Not going to lie, phased out a little bit there as I just had my four-year-old come down the stairs to tell me that she has pooped. So we are going to take a little break, little uh, message from the sponsors, and then we'll be right back. <laughs> okay, we're back. <laughs> I've never actually done that. Usually yeah. we just go right into it, but, and yeah, now yeah. we're back. And thank you for pausing for Toph's poop break. <laughs> <laughs> Not my poop break, my kid's yeah. poop break. <laughs> And thank you. We are back. Coming back from Toast Daughter's Poop Break. And <laughs> here we go. Oh, God. I love it. This is all staying in, by the way. This is all staying in. But we'll, we'll, yeah, I know. We'll get right to it here. But first of all, before we do get into it, I'm excited to see you. I'm going to see you in a couple of days for Christmas, huh? I know, dude. I, my mom told me I was not going to see you because you were going with uh, M's family. And then I found out you were going to be there for a couple of days. So I was like, oh, sweet let's go swing yes sir yeah we're not leaving until after christmas so we're going to be around for a couple days and uh yeah i'm excited to see you we'll have to get the live podcast going when you're up here get the microphones out and things like that so we don't have to do it via zoom but uh yeah i'm excited for that i'm excited for this one you ready to let it rip here let's get into it what's your number one baby okay number one the most important thing of my 10 commandments is uh, I don't even want to call it that. Maybe I'll call it something else, but for now it's 10 commandments just because of Hamilton uh, surround yourself with good people, surround yourself with good people. It's the most important thing that I'm, I'm a big believer. I know you are too. It's a huge part of my team building that I do is that you are a byproduct of the five people that you surround yourself with the most. And so they're going to rub off on you. You're going to rub off on them. So, you know, life is a series of choices and we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I think the most important choices that you can make are the people that you choose to surround yourself with and surround yourself with people who are okay with you being you. I think that's the number one, most important thing. Uh, you know, Jeff, you like to call it Ness and seven different kinds of smoke. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people who just, they're, they're happy for you and they let you be you and for the good, the bad and the ugly. And, and uh, I think at the end of the day, if you can surround yourself with people like that and uh, you're, you're going to put yourself in, in a good position to, to be happy with whatever you're doing in your life. Is there any, any specific traits that you look for for people that are going to be in your close circle. Yeah. I, you know what, I I think it's good to have a diverse 
kind of set of people in your circle. I don't think you want to surround yourself with five, 10 of the same people. Everybody has different life experiences. Everybody has different values. And I think those kinds of things, as long as they're coming from a, a good place are really, really good for your own development. For me, myself, I like to be around people that challenge me and, and get me to think, you know, a, a little bit outside the comfort zone, get me out of my own little bubble. We're all in our own little bubbles. And, and I just like people that like to have fun and have a good time, you know? And, and for me, I think those are the people when I'm surrounded by, it, it kind of gets the best out of me and I enjoy what I'm doing. So yeah, I like, I like to be around people that are kind of outside the box thinkers who like to challenge a process. And I like to be around people that like to smile and, and have fun and laugh too. I love that. I love How about that. you? Sure. Yeah. But I want people that, I like having people around me that are constantly pushing me uh, uh, to think differently. Like, I don't like saying think outside the box, but I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, okay, you're seeing it from your point of view. Now, let me play devil's advocate. Let's see it from a different point of view. Or what is that saying to this person doing this action? I don't know. Like we all have our own trains of thought and I like having people when I make decisions or I'm talking through decisions, like be like, well, have you thought about it from this angle? Cause you know, I try to think of things from different angles, but you know, don't always do that. So I like, I like kind of pushback from people to challenge me on thinking of a better way, a smarter way, a more efficient way, a more effective way. Um, and just people who like give me some pushback or, or, you know, not just be a yes, man. I like having people say, have you thought about it this way? Have you thought about doing this? I like those types of things. Who are some people that are like that for you? Uh, my girlfriend, for sure. Kylie, um, my mom, my mom always is like, you know, I know you did this. Have you thought about this though? And sometimes I'm like, mom, a meatloaf, leave me alone. <laughs> um, I never know what she's doing in there, but then I'll always, you know, usually then I'll calm down. I'll take some deep breaths. Might take 10, 20 minutes, might take a day. And then I'm like, you know what? I thought about what you were saying and yes. Okay. That makes sense. Like I can see that, or, you know, I'm not going to do this in this instance, but I see how it could help in, an, in another instance. Um, so yeah, I definitely like having those types of people around. Yeah, I totally agree. I think the one thing that I've had to get over in my life, it's weird because I felt like when I was a player, um, and I don't know if you feel the same way. I felt like when I was a player, I had some pretty thick skin, played for some pretty tough coaches and that was okay. And it was almost weird that once I got into the real world after hockey was done, I became a lot more sensitive. I don't know it was, if it was because like, um, it, there wasn't that hockey associated with it anymore, playing hockey and being pushed, which is what we loved and what we always wanted and, and got us better. But I became a lot more sensitive once I was done playing, you know, whether it would be with my wife or my family or people that I was working with or whatever. And that's something I've really had to work on is just, you know, taking constructive criticism and not getting so sensitive about it. <laughs> and I think I've been able to do a much better job of that over the past however many years. And it's really, really helped me because constructive criticism, it is, it's a little bit of a shot to the ego. Everybody but he's, we all like to think we're perfect, but we're not. And so finding a way to surround yourself with people that push you, but also understanding that, Hey, like they're just trying to help you. 
and they're just trying to hold you accountable or they're just trying to make you think differently. There's nothing wrong with that. And a lot of times we just have to kind of check ourselves because I feel like the world is very sensitive <laughs> to any kind of feedback, especially negative feedback. Um, so I, I, I don't know if you felt the same way. Did you have any kind of like uh, experience like that once you got done playing too? Well, like we were so used to getting beat down and I don't just I mean, beat down maybe is the right word. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. At times it was for sure. But did you ever feel like that once you were done playing too? Yeah, actually, but I think it's more because in the real world, like in hockey, if a coach gets, gets, you know, on you, gets up your ass, like you can immediately, if it's in a game or a practice, you can immediately go out there and just like try and murder someone. <laughs> I mean, you can go harder. Like you can, you can, you know, play harder. You can immediately remedy that situation, but in the real world, you know, you can't just be like, well, let's go, let's go. Like, let's jump in the drill, go against me or, or whatever, or try yeah, harder. There's not or, that like physical outlet to kind of get. Yeah. There's not that out. physical outlet. And, and, you know, for me that that's always like how I responded. If a coach is, you know, like up my ass, I'm going to be like, you're right. You're right. Let's go. Let's go. Get me out there right now. Let me prove to you what I can do. Let me show you like, you know, whatever. And in the real world, you, you can't do that. And you don't even have that opportunity. Um, so it's definitely, a lot different. And I've noticed that I need to calm down and take some deep breaths and maybe take 10 minutes um, before responding to things. When I, when I get challenged on something, it's uh, I'm very passionate about. Yeah. Cause I know that, okay, everyone sees things differently and I want to be challenged, but like, I need to calm down. I need to like step away from the situation, breathe, think about it. And then then the light hits me like, oh, they're <laughs> right. Or they're 10% right. Use that. Make it better. Make it your own. Don't be a psycho. You know, so I, I totally know what you're saying. Uh, I like it. And I bet you for you too, a little bit of just working out too. You get pretty pissed off or something like that. You can get to the gym and kind of hammer some weights a little bit. For sure. For sure. And I did that during my career too. Have a bad game, coaches up my ass. I go to the gym and you know, I just always use, I, I use physical outlets to help me with mental stuff. And that's always helped me personally. Love that. Love that. Well, let's get to commandment number two then, because this is a great segue, Jeffrey, to what the second one is. And that is physical health is mental health and mental health is physical health. So I, I'm going to let you just go on this one because this is something I know you're very, very passionate about. So I'll just, I'll, I'll hand the baton over to you here. Yeah. I mean, I would say that football is 90% physical (laughs) and 20% mental. (laughs) Other way around, dude. Is that what he said? I couldn't remember it's what not, he said. No, it's 90. It's 90. Football is 90% mental and 40% physical. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's Mike. What a movie. Um, yeah, dude. I mean, this is something that if you read any of the studies that have to do with like depression and things like that, like, you know, one of the number one and the most free and the most ready available, because you could do it anywhere with no equipment, um, things that help your mental health is like physical exertion. Um, so like literally your physical health leads to positive or negative mental health. And then also I think vice versa is literally, it's a two way street. It's exact same the other way too. So I think that if you really want to be healthy and in a good headspace and be able to, you know, you know, be there for your family or your, or your kids or, or your coaching or your job, you want to be better at like 
working on your physical health is so extremely important from the positive endorphins that it releases to stress management. Like we just talked about, like, I don't care how mad you are, whatever's going on in the world. If you go to the gym and hit the punching bag for 30 minutes, or you get put yourself through an intense workout, you literally feel like a weight has been lifted off your shoulders. And then you can go and make a decision on where to move forward next. Um, and, and there's so many people who use negative coping strategies such as alcohol, drugs, you know, whatever, making bad decisions out in the world where, yes, if you always use the same coping mechanism all the time and you're crazy about it, like a bodybuilder or something, like maybe that's not good for you. But if you just are doing normal physical exertion, it's going to help the mental and then vice versa. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, you this is what you do for a living. For me, it's just anecdotal. Like I know that when I'm <laughs> working out and when I'm moving, I'm feeling better mentally, emotionally. I mean, it just, uh, what you said, it, it releases all this good stuff in your body. And I think if you can find a way to do it kind of with other people, whether it's just like going to play basketball or you can get a little bit of a social aspect out of it too, going to classes at the gym, doing something with the people that you work with. It could even be going for a walk, you know, a 20 minute walk every day. You don't have to like be a bodybuilder by any means. And so, yeah, I just know that when, when I'm moving, and I'm physically exerting myself every day, like everything else just kind of feels better, you know, just a feel. Dude, it's, it's so true. I, I put out on Instagram a few months ago, I was going to try and take on a couple of one-on-one -on -one clients where I would train them um, using the app online. And then we would do a once a week zoom call or FaceTime call for 30 minutes to an hour to go over their week, their habits, their details, how the workouts are going. I also paired up um, with my buddy who's a nutrition coach and they, I also give them, uh, they get a one hour a week or a half an hour a week FaceTime call with my nutrition coach. And he writes them a specific nutrition plan. Um, so I have this client who I'm doing it with for four months now going on four months and man, like she, she was never an athlete. Um, you know, wasn't super in shape when we started and the, the changes in her life that are not physical, dude, yeah. it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. She's in St. Louis. So I actually meet with her in person for coffee every Sunday morning before I go and uh, train the veterans I work with. So every Sunday morning we meet, dude, she's gotten two promotions. She's like, she's turned into the head of their um, health department who like gives speeches on health now. And she was never like into that. She used to be afraid of public speaking. She used to have no confidence in the workplace. And now she's like, she, she's giving proposals at work. She's standing up in front of the whole office. It is like so absolutely insanely cool to hear about all these changes that are happening in her life away from the gym and away from like thinking about health. And all she's done in the last four months that's changed is stuck to like uh, um, a, a, rig a rigorous workout schedule five days a week and eating smarter, better, better times. And then a little bit of probably honestly, like therapy sessions that we talk through, like I'm not a therapist, obviously, but like just talking about like, well, you know, wh why did you have this bad day? Like, let's go over the night before. Did you miss a workout? Did you do this? And the physical is so inextricably linked. Great word. Not, not even a Cornell grad wow. um, to the ment the mental so inextricably linked to the physical. Like it's wild to see this, this girl's life change. And it's been so cool. And and uh, it's got me way more into like thinking about how much, you know, physical health, especially during COVID um, affects, you know, mental. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It really is incredible how, what did you say? Inextricably it's linked. Inextricably linked, baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. And it, it, for, for athletes that do not get exercise once they are done and you know, you, you don't really have a purpose for it anymore because you're not trying to attain that goal of playing in the NHL or whatever, you know, that's where a lot of people kind of, you mean, you see a lot of ex professional college players that just kind of balloon and, uh, and they just, there's not that motivation anymore to really be physical. (laughs) It's all he did for so many years. And then I think at some point it hits everybody like, man, like my quality of life probably isn't what it needs to be right now. And I've been there where you're like, man, I, I really need to just change. I need to do things differently and I need to focus on, on my health because it really, that it is, mostly in our control, not totally in our control, but we can do things preventatively wise to make sure that we're in a state where we're not getting as sick and we feel better about ourselves. And we're, you know, linked inextricably to our mental health with what we do. So yeah, I just, it's one of those things. I I knew that you would hit this one out of the park, but for me, it's just one of those things where I just, I feel better all around when I'm being active. That's the biggest thing that people tell me. It's like when they start training, it's like, I feel better. I'm, my brain is working better. You get yeah. better sleep. If you physically, you know, worked out during the day, you did something physical. Like there's so many scientific reasons, but it's really interesting during the hockey season, I train uh, one of my NHL players, dad, dads, and uh, his uncles, and they're all very, very successful Um you know, in the, in the working world, in the real world. And I love asking them. And I ask my friends this, you know, I have a client who owns like this big food company where I get my food from. And I ask them too, are you guys, are you successful because you take care of your health and you, you literally focus it, focus on it as a priority, or are you able to focus on your health because you're successful? And all of the people I've asked, I think I've asked 10 people now, like, like people who are, you know, very well off and and kill it. And they're like, honestly, it's, it both are totally linked. Like you can't say one gives you the other or one gives you the other. It's like, if you focus on this, that happens when you're good at this, you know, you're good at that also. And it's just really interesting to hear that. And these are like guys in their fifties and sixties that are working out four days a week and making sure that they're still playing sports and, you know, able to do all these things. And no matter what, getting in four to five workouts a week and they're uber successful and they have, you know, lots of things they have to do in their day, but they make it a priority every day. And it just seems like they get more successful, like as they take better care of themselves. It's, it's, it's really interesting. It's very cool. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. All right. Beat this one. Uh, Want to move on to the next one? Yep. Okay. So number three for me, you are defined by your actions and not your experiences. That's one that I'm really trying to take to heart and be better at. I beat myself up on mistakes, kind of always have. And so, again, this is something we try to teach to our kids. And it's something I talk about in our team building. It's like, okay, what's more important, the things that happen to you or the way that you choose to react to the things that happen to you? And the things the way that you choose to react to the things that happen to you are infinitely more important than the things that happen to you. And so I, I, I always kind of thought the metaphor of, you know, the, what's it called? The windshield in front of your car is a lot bigger than the rear view mirror. And that's the way it should be, you know, uh, because the rear view mirror is such a small part of 
who you are as opposed to what you have in front of you. And so, you know, I think if we can all live and, and again, it's really easy for whatever reason, it's, it's really, really easy to beat ourselves up uh, about the past. And it's a lot harder to focus on the present moment, uh, just the way that we're wired and the way that society kind of makes us be wired too. That's just the way that it is. But, you know, for me moving forward, one of the things I really want to focus on is, okay, it's whatever happened, it happened let's leave it there. There's a reason why it happened. And the reason why it happened is to either teach me something or to make me better or make me think differently. And so I just, I, I think being defined by our actions of how we react to things is, is much more important. And that's something I want to live by as I kind of move forward in the future here. I love that one, man. I love that one. And everybody that's successful that you hear who, you know, is a coaching mentor, whatever they say this one, I'm a huge fan of that rear view mirror versus the windshield size um, metaphor. That's it's so, I feel like when you're talking to younger players too, like things like that really sink in really sure. like those metaphors, they really can like picture it and be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. The windshield is bigger than you. <laughs> so they start to understand it, but you know, you're going to have bad things happen in your life in your hockey career, in your working career, bad, bad things that are out of con- your control and good things are going to come and they're going to go. And no matter what, if you're able to always focus on, well, how can I best respond to this stimulus, to this challenge, to this good thing, to this bad thing, whatever it is, I can, I can't control that that thing happened, but I can control what I do after that will determine you, where you're going in the game and life and whatever your attitude, everything. And it's so massively important because, you know, I'm sure Sidney Crosby had a bunch of setbacks in his life. I'm sure he had a bunch of things happen to him that weren't good, you know, but you know, he made the decision to, all right, I'm going to beat this. I'm going to do this, whatever. And look at him and, you know, every great player, like they've all had to deal with things like that and they never let them get them, get it, get them down. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to this in a second, but I also wanted to piggyback off something you said too. And that is, it's not just the bad things. It's also the good things. And if you really want to be successful, you cannot be complacent and you have to be humble. And so maybe something really good happened or you had a success. Okay. Well, you're only as good as where you are right now and where you're going to be tomorrow. And so I, I think that really successful people and maybe happy, fulfilled people too, they don't rest on their laurels. You know, they, they know that tomorrow is more important than today. And, and again, it's not the things that happen to you or what happened. It's how you choose to react to them. So when the good things happen, do you forget that it's the hard work and the patience and the adversity? Do you forget that that's why you were successful? <laughs> it didn't just happen. Because, I mean, some people get lucky and, but you got to work hard to be lucky too, you know? So I think it, it goes both ways. You know, we got to, and we're going to talk about adversity next, but um, you got to be able to handle the ups and the downs and, and kind of keep a mindset of always just continuing, want to grow and always continuing to, to want to get better for me yeah. anyway. No, a hundred percent. It's funny. I'll, I'll be talking to my guys um, you know, check in with them throughout the season and be, you know, how's the last month? How's the last couple of weeks, man, I was on fire. Everything was going well, everything's going in. And then I went on like a little skid. All right. So like, let's, let's go over that. Like what happened? Okay. Uh, and you almost always, I hear, yeah. And then I got away from, you know, 
my routine. I got away from yeah. this. I got away from going to bed early at night. I got away from reading. I got away. And it's usually they got away from that. And I don't think in their head, they're thinking, Oh, I'm sweet. I don't need to do anything anymore. They just kind of like stop doing what made them good, you know, yeah. and just th- that's, you can't complacency. Complacency is yeah. an easy thing. It's an exactly. easy thing to be. <laughs> yeah. you, can't, you can never let that happen. It's like, do what makes you, you do what makes you good and don't stop. And it's that little monotonous, detail that you have to focus on daily to be your best for sure for sure well let's get back to the other one because this is my fourth commandment and that is build the resiliency muscle every day and a lot of it goes back to and and i talk about this in my team building all the time you know bad shit is going to happen it's inevitable nothing is perfect um from getting from point a to point b it's never a straight line and there's always ups and downs and I think the people that truly understand and appreciate the tough times and can understand there's a bigger purpose to those tough times and that it's making you better. And it's a challenge that can, you know, challenge you to, to grow and, and learn something. Those are the people that are truly successful. And, you know, every business ever was started from the ground up for the most part, somebody started it. <laughs> they had to. Right. And I, I think, you know, and, and this is a story that I tell in my team building all the time because resiliency is literally the first thing that I talk about. And that is the fact that, um, you know, I listened to this podcast or I used to anyway, it was called How I Built This, where this guy, he interviewed all these Fortune 500 CEOs on how they built their companies. And he stopped a guy, I can't remember who the guy was, but he stopped a guy right there in his tracks because he was talking about how he was broke and living in New York City and all he can afford to eat was ramen noodles every day. And this is a, you know, a billionaire. And so the guy stops him and he goes, do you know that you are the third billionaire in a row that I have interviewed that has told me that all they can afford to eat at some point in their life was ramen noodles. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you have to have talent, but it's not always the most talented people that get to the highest levels. You got to have good ideas, but it's not necessarily the people with the best ideas that are always successful in business. It's the people who have the grit and the people who have the stick-to-itiveness to really conquer those ups and downs through the journey. Those are the ones. And I think you just learn so many lessons along the way. You get better, you get challenged, you have to think differently. And those are all prerequisites to, you know, being successful and whatever success means to you. So, you know, I try, and I'm going to try to, to build that resiliency muscle every day based on how I think about the tough stuff that is happening in my life. Go Jeffrey. No, I I love that. It's, it's, And this is where parents, you can be a huge help to your kids for all the parents listening, or you could be a hindrance. Honestly, this goes into like, you know, are you the one calling the coach for your kid when your kid gets sat or your kid isn't on the power play or your kid gets cut? Or are you talking them through more asking questions? Well, how, why, why do you think you aren't on the power play? Why do you think, did you, did you practice as hard as you could? Are you executing, asking more of questions and jumping in and giving them the answers and then, and then leading them to like, okay, it's on you. If you want this, it's on you. You need to talk to the coach. You need to look in the mirror. You need to warm up better. You need to, you know, kind of not telling them, but like leading them to deciding and learning for themselves. Yes. It's always in my control. It's in my control. It's in my control. And that, because then that's how they will bounce back and that's how they will build that resiliency muscle. Whereas if you're pointing fingers for them or you're allowing them to point fingers, 
you know, they're not building that resiliency muscle and that is going to butt clap them so hard down the road, whether it's this season, next season, when they're in the workforce, like this is like one of those things that in hockey, especially you can use these hockey and sport moments to teach them lessons for life on how to bounce back when something, you know, unplanned happens or something bad happens or an injury happens, you know, like teach them and help them guide them on how to bounce back. Yeah. Like when my four month old was up all night screaming and (laughs) I had to be like, okay, what's going on here? Let's use my hockey training here to figure out how to get through the day tired. (laughs) Uh, Hockey about resiliency. Yeah, seriously. Uh, No, it's, it's just, uh, and again, it goes into my fifth commandment here. Um, But life's a series of choices, right? And my, my fifth, my fifth, uh, commandment is every day is a series of choices hinging on your self-discipline. Every day is a series of choices hinging on your self-discipline. And I honestly think if there's one thing that I want to be better at in 2021, let's call it, but just like moving forward, that is having better self-discipline and not letting things get away. Cause like you just talked about with the players that you have, you know, they, they they get some success and they just, let their routine get away or whatever. And so uh, I I just, I'm in love with self-discipline right now. I'm, I'm in love with it for two reasons. One, because it works. Like if you're disciplined with yourself, but two, very, very few people are. And if you want a competitive advantage in whatever you're doing, self-discipline is the thing that will set you apart from your peers. Because again, we talk about it all the time. It's so freaking cliche, but all you can do is get a little bit better every day, that 1% better. And the people who are self-disciplined, they actually get that 1% better every day rather than the people who get 2% better and then get no percent better for five days and then maybe one and a half percent better. And then they take a week off. And uh, I just think self-discipline is, you know, it's everything, man. Like if you want a competitive advantage against the people that you're competing with, like that's what you need to do. Be self-disciplined. So, right. And obviously I I use us as examples because I know our story and what we did to get to where we made it to, um, you know, in more detail than anyone else. Um, Right. And like, I know, like, I would not have signed an NHL deal or been the captain as a sophomore um, of a D1 school if I wasn't the most self-disciplined person out there when I was playing. Like everything for me was like, how can I get more out of my body? And I no doubt about it. Truthfully, I do not have the same self-discipline anymore. Now that I'm retired, I still have a lot of self-discipline and I'd argue more than 99% of people, but it's not at that same level as when I played. Um, Cause I don't have this like one goal that I'm like running towards like this one very high level goal that is like super hard to attain. And it's like, I'm always running toward it. And that goes into like constantly thinking about what is your why defining your why. And I'm constantly right now trying to define what is my why? What am I running towards? What do I need to put all of my energy into to try to achieve and get towards? And even if I miss that, I know that all these other positive things are going to come from it and and make me better and um, success will come from that. So like, I'm constantly searching for that for, for that, Um, but like that whole self-discipline thing for the parents listening, if you can instill something in your kids, it's not you telling them you should go shoot in the garage. It's 
asking them, well, why do you think you should be shooting in the garage? Do you think every other kid is doing, you know, 50 push-ups every night and, you know, three planks and 20, you know, 50 bodyweight squats and shooting pucks? Or, or do you not think, do you think that's a way you could maybe get a well, leg up? On people? Yeah. Well, I think, I think passion and love for what you're doing is very inextricably linked yeah, very inextricably linked to self-discipline because if you, if you truly love what you do, then you're going to want to do it more. And when you want to do it more, you're going to invest more in it. And so I think when you're talking about the parents, it's, it's also like, you know, asking them about what they love to do and encouraging them to do the things that they love to do. And, you know, if you have that passion and love for things and you marry that with the self-discipline, like, I don't care how much you love something, you're not going to want to do it every day. Like days are just too long and to be great, it's just too hard. But if you're putting yourself in a situation where you're doing something that you really enjoy, you're much more apt to actually do it on the days that you don't want to do it. (laughs) Because that's like, if you want to be great, I mean, I don't, I didn't want to play hockey literally every single day. I mean, I was pretty close, but there were days where it was hard coming to the rink, but you had to go to the rink and grind through it, whether it was after a three and three in junior hockey or whether you got swept in college or whether you were, you know, in a scoring slump or whatever it may be, you know, I I just think, yeah, those things are linked, man. Like the, the passion and the love for what you do and the self-discipline, they kind of go hand in hand, you know? Oh, dude. and parents don't, don't, your kids can't live your dream, man. They can't live your dream. It has to be theirs and they have to want to do it and they have to want to be, you know, invest into it because they love it. And if they aren't, then, you know, it, it is what it is. You can push them a little them, bit, but help them find something that is, yeah. that they are past super passionate about and they do want to be dedicated to. And what's hilarious is I was just thinking while you're saying all that stuff, like everything on your list, they all feed into another to make a successful human. Obviously that's why you wrote the 10 TOEF commandments, but <laughs> you know, like resiliency, resiliency, you don't, you have a bad day or you miss an appointment or, you know, you're stuck in traffic and now your schedule's off. Are you still going to get something in? Cause something is better than nothing. You're still staying true to getting a workout in, you know, to get better uh, who, who you're surrounding yourself with. Are you on a day where you're tired and you're supposed to go work out with your buddy? Like, are they going to just let you off? Or are they going to say, Hey, you know what? Let's still do this. Let's find a way. Let's do it over zoom. Let's you do this and I'll do this. I'll go to the gym. You do it at home. Like whatever. Let's call each other after. Like, again, who are you surrounding yourself with? That's going to help you stay with this stuff. Yeah. Being dedicated, self-discipline, all these things, they, they all go hand in hand. Yep. And, and like I said, it's a series of choices too, right? you can make a choice on whether or not you want to be self-disciplined or not. And those choices are very, very difficult, especially, you know, when you got a lot going on, it's, it's really hard to be great. It's really hard to be successful. And so the choices that you make to put the time in, even in the days that you don't really necessarily feel like it, that's what I think sets people apart. And that's why I say self-discipline is the greatest competitive advantage that you can have over your peers. If you have a goal and a dream of doing something. 100%, 100%, baby. Totes my goats. Uh, okay, so the next one, like you said, kind of goes along with it. This is number six, and this is one that I, I know that you'll enjoy too, and that is failing to prepare is preparing to fail, right? Failing to prepare is preparing to fail. So, Vex, this is something I know that you're passionate about, so I will hand the torch over to you. I mean, this is like one of my favorite sayings that I say to all my guys all the time, and preparation is different for everybody, but like, the better you prepare, 
that builds confidence. And so if you're preparing well, you are building self. Everyone asks, how do I build confidence? How do I build confidence? And my answer is always preparation prep for hockey, obviously a hockey podcast. So how do you prepare? Okay. Well, sleeping well, correctly, the right times, the right amount at the right time of day. You know, I always say like 12 AM to 10 AM is not the same 10 hours of sleep as, you know, 10 to eight. Those are very different things. Right. Um, so, so your, your sleep, your recovery, your nutrition, um, are you doing visualization? Are you practicing hard? Are you working out? Like all of those things combined will wind up being your preparation. And if you do those things and you do them right and you do them to the best of your abilities, what do you do? You build self-confidence. So by preparing, you will be confident and go into the game or that job interview or whatever it is in your life, you know, the new job, whatever, a, a blind date. Like if you've been doing the right things in your life, you're going to be successful. But if you're failing to prepare, you're going to have low confidence, low morale. You're not prepared. You're not ready to, to go execute because you haven't practiced it yet. You know, it's, it's so simple, simplistic, but it's very hard to do. And again, it takes everything that we've been talking about on the 10 Toth commandments. Simple, but not easy. I feel like we've said that on the last couple podcasts that we've had, right? Yeah, I think so. I love that. Yeah. And, and I would encourage anybody who, you know, kind of empathizes or sympathizes with what we're talking about right now in this preparation, you need to go listen to our podcast episode with Craig Ballantyne. Craig Ballantyne was one of my favorite ones that we've done. And he is not necessarily a motivational speaker, but he's kind of like a success coach, a life coach. And I've read a bunch of his books and he is unbelievable in how he helps people. And a lot of it comes down to just preparing your day as simple as that sounds like taking some time during uh, the night or the day before to plan out your next day, journal a little bit, talk about how the day went, what can I change? What can I do? And, you know, he calls it, I think it's the millionaire mindset or something like that. Um, but it's, uh, I encourage everybody to, to look him up or, or go listen to our podcast because it is, it, you're so right in that preparation leads to confidence. Just imagine. And, and that goes from an individual standpoint. That also goes from a team standpoint too. When a team is prepared because they've practiced well throughout the week, they're going to be better during the weekend. If you just kind of lollygag along and you don't pay attention to detail during the week of practice, you're just leaving things to chance. You can't just turn the light bulb on and turn the light bulb off. Life just doesn't work that way. Human nature just doesn't work that way. One out of maybe a hundred people can, actually do that and those people are freaks of nature <laughs> but yeah i just the, the more you put into getting prepared for what you're doing and planning things out and having goals and setting goals and writing them down and checking them off you're gonna put yourself in a position to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish and so for me i really want to be better at you know, preparing my days, you know, Craig Ballantyne's big on like, what's the one thing that you have to accomplish tomorrow. And that should be the thing that you do when you first get up. Like he sets his alarm. I mean, it's a little bit crazy, but he sets his alarm for 4am and whatever's the most important thing for him, he gets that done first because that gives him confidence throughout the rest of the day that I got done the most important thing that needed to get done. And now I can do all these other things because life throws a bunch of different, you know, wrinkles and, and things in your way. And so I just, I, I want to be better at that. I would encourage everybody else to, to be better at that. And uh, if you can just listen to our podcast with Craig, it was awesome. Yeah. He's a great dude. Great dude.
great dude for sure. So, uh, number six, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Number seven, self-reflection is the key to unlocking discovery. So I got a little deep on that one. And I don't think there's a more powerful tool in our arsenal than self-reflection. And if you, you know, listen to any, I don't know, self-help people, or you listen to podcasts or read books um, about fulfillment, happiness, how to get the most out of your day and everything like that. Journaling and meditation is like number one and number two for every single person that talks about how to get the most out of yourself and reaching your potential. And so I just think self-reflection and a healthy self-reflection, um, understanding your strengths and weaknesses, taking some time to think about your day, taking some time to think about the people that you love and how you can help them. I, it's just, a, it's such a powerful tool that we all have that not a lot of us use very much. I think a lot of it honestly has to do with the fact that we're all so busy and also information is coming at us at a speed that's never happened in history before with social media and technology and all that kind of stuff. Like we can be entertained all day, every day, just by having our phone on or putting the TV on or having our laptop out. But I, I think it's really, really healthy for your own growth and development and not even just that, but for your own mental health to really practice self-reflection every day and just taking some time to put away the technology, putting away the distractions and just kind of be with yourself and, and just think about what's important to you. Yeah, dude. Number one thing you can do. It's a, it's basically like watching video of yourself, of your day, every day. If you just take <laughs> five minutes to do this, but you know, like you ask any, any elite player, how do you get better? Well, watch video. It's one of the number one things you do. Watch video, see what my mistakes were, see where I could have gotten better things that I could literally immediately bring into my game to make me a better player. Could have done this better. Could have done that better. Oh, Hey, that worked really well. I need to start doing that more, you know, whatever that was. And you can do the same thing every day by just kind of going through when you woke up through right now at this time, when you're reflecting, how did the day go? Did you do things that were great? Did you do things that were bad? I mean, I'm sure a lot of coaches are this way and strength coaches the same, but I get home every night and I'm like, man, I, I probably could have executed on that better. I probably could have done this better in the gym with the guys. I could have coached this better. And then I'll take a note like, Hey, this cue worked or this cue didn't work, you know? And if I didn't do those then I wouldn't be where I'm at training all these, you know, the best athletes in St. Louis every day, day after day in the off season. But like, that's been a major key to my success is reflection and being like, and one of the best ones is when I started my training company 10, 11 years ago, almost 11 years ago. Now I first started training uh, my mom and, and actually my ex and, uh, and I, I was training them. And like, I knew all the same, a lot of the same stuff I know now. And I wasn't relaying the messages, training them them like, well, like I just was very poor communicator. Like, I was like, how do you not understand me? And after like talk to them, like, we don't know these words, you know, we don't know what you're saying. I've never done this exercise. So how am I supposed to know what you're saying? I like had to stop, reflect and be like, I'm not good at this. I'm not doing it well. So if what I'm saying is not working, I need to find out what works for them. And that's when I started asking them, well, what cues do, would you understand? And that's where I started doing like, what I think is like funny cueing to make people like 
think of something that's just like, so not something they'd hear in a gym, but then they remember it forever. Like break a pencil with your butt cheeks in a plank when I want them to activate their glutes. And I say this to everybody or, Hey, on this exercise, I don't want your hips to shift. Pretend there's a hot coffee on your lower back. If you shift, you're going to get hot coffee butthole and nobody wants that. That doesn't even make sense, but everyone remembers it. And then they keep their hips square, how I want them for the exercise that I want them doing it for. And like that all came from self-reflection, you know, and that's, uh, that, that has been one of the most important things in my life after hockey. That's made me a better entrepreneur, a better strength coach, a better, you know, everything. Why is everything always the butthole with you? <laughs> People laugh at butthole jokes. You know, I, I, somebody farts in a room, bro. I'm still laughing. I'm 30. Oh I will laugh at poop and farting for the rest of my life. Well, you can care. come over to my house with my four-year-old and my two-year-old. You'd be a very popular person because those <laughs> are, it is funny though. F- fart jokes, poop jokes, I think get a little bit old at times, but fart jokes and farting, it, it doesn't like, it's always funny. My two-year-old and four-year-old think it's the funniest thing in the world. And if you farted right now into the camera, I would laugh for a good 30 <laughs> seconds. Perfect. And I wouldn't put it past you to do it either. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I'll, I'll make sure I make some fart jokes when I see him in a couple of days. <laughs> oh God, you will be their favorite uncle by far <laughs> if you do that. Oh God. Oh, hilarious. Okay. All right. So failing prepare is preparing to fail. Self-reflection is the key to unlocking discovery. Uh, number eight is who gives a flying, you know, what about what other people think about you? I think that is one that a lot of people struggle with. It's something that I've been better at, but something I struggled with in the past. Um, and that is just, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, live upon the approval of others. Approval is like a basic human need that we all want. We all want to feel like we're a part of something bigger than ourselves. We all, you know, want to be a part of uh, a team or a tribe, whatever you want to call it. And so I think a lot of times that can get in the way where we're doing things to please other people. I'm a people pleaser rather than doing things, let's just call it for the right reason, doing things for yourself. And so uh, at the end of the day, one of my favorite books that I've ever read is uh, The Power of Not Giving an F-U-C-K. And uh, it's by, what's the guy's name, the author? I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have, have read it. Mark Madsen or something like that. I can't remember. But it was like a profound book. It was very, very funny. But it's, it's like literally who gives a crap? Who cares about what other people's opinions are of you? And, and especially if you want to be great at something, there's going to be people that are going to try to, to bring you down because they want to be the best and they're not willing to put the work in that you do. And so I think it's just really, really important to, you know, do things on, on your terms and fail and succeed on your terms and do it because that's what you want to do. Do it because you think that that's the right thing to do and really not, be swayed by the opinions of others. If you think that there's something that's right that you want to do, you know, a hundred percent. I mean, we both, we both got a lot of uh, flack I'm sure throughout our careers for living the way we did to try and maximize our potential. Um, we've talked about this on the podcast all the time. I had coaches chirp me. I had coaches chirping me for carrying a water bottle, water bottle everywhere around. I remember that vividly. And I'm like, that's, that is hilarious. And no, I will not give into your peer pressure and make it fun of me for carrying a water bottle around. Like, you know, if you, if it makes you happy, if it's making you better, if it's not hurting anyone else, don't listen to the haters, especially in today's world of social media and a bunch of nerds who hide behind, you know, screen names that isn't actually their name or their face. And it's not having to like, 
you know, tell anybody who they actually are. Like, don't listen to these people. And what I found most of the time, especially from listening to like successful mentors of mine, if you're not having people chirp you, you're probably not doing as well as you could have. As soon as you start to do big things, that's when, you know, the, the peanut gallery starts to pipe up. And it's usually from people who haven't done anything themselves or haven't tried yeah. to accomplish what you are. And they're just trying to pull you down because they're too lazy or weak minded to not put in the work, the effort and, and have the discipline to do what you're doing. And that's usually I love when people chirp me. Oh, you work out all the time. Yeah, I hate being healthy, man. You're right. I should probably stop that. <laughs> 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 There's a fart joke. There you go. Fart joke. <laughs> sorry Paige is gonna come down she probably heard that she's gonna think it's hilarious right now <laughs> um no you're you're so right and and I, one thing that I was thinking about as I was kind of like going through this in my head too and and this kind of goes for athletes that you know played at higher levels or whatever because if you play at higher levels you're getting beat down by your coaches at times but you're also getting praised a lot too you know when you have talents and and I feel like that's another thing that athletes struggle with when they get into the real world especially when you're a high profile athlete and you're used to getting the praise and used to it's just like a lot of feedback good and bad you know and when you don't get that feedback anymore you know, it, it's it's just a weird feeling when like, man, I feel like I should be getting praise right now and you're not getting it. <laughs> or I feel like I need to be challenged right now and I'm not, I'm not getting that. So I, I do. And that's where surrounding yourself with good people and people who can challenge you and know when to give you a hug and know when to kick you in the ass. I think going back to it, I think that's why it's so important because, you know, one of the things it's, it's, um, you know, the middle of the year right now. So we're doing our middle of the year evaluations with our players and one of the questions that I ask them is what can I be doing a better job of as a coach to like get the most out of you? And it was crazy. Like a lot of their answers was more feedback. They want more feedback. And so like, I'm taking that to heart. And, and, you know, when you're not getting that feedback, you don't really know where you stand. And that could be a lonely place, whether you're on a team or whether you're trying to push yourself as an entrepreneur, whether you're trying to be a better dad, whatever it may be, like feedback is, is fuel. Um, and if you can use negative feedback as, as fuel to, to kind of get better, but use positive feedback to fuel your passion for what you do, because you, you know, it's good to feel wanted and it's good to feel accepted too. So finding a way to surround yourself with good people that can give you good, honest feedback, I think is a huge part to that. You know, who cares about what other people think because it's, it's real feedback. You know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. just that, that crappy stuff. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And I think, I think this is something where, without being unrealistic or looking at yourself when you do your self-reflection and rose colored glasses, if you can be your own biggest fan, I think that stuff really helps. And like, sure. Because if you're, if you're on a, you know, there's whatever you're, you're a fourth line guy and coach doesn't, you know, really even talk to you. Like when you do stuff, well, like, tell yourself, like watch video and write it down. Like, Hey, I did this. Well, like give yourself the props, give yourself, you know, the fist bump, like, tell yourself what you're doing right and what you're doing well, because, you know, some people need that feedback. And if you're not getting it from other places, at least give it to yourself, write down what you're doing well, write down what is working, because as you do that, you'll continue to find through your reflection, what is helping you be successful and you'll keep doing it and you'll keep building on it and keep learning how to, you know, bring that, 
skill or whatever you're good at executing into other arenas of your life or other type areas of the game or whatever, and you keep building out and then, you know, other people will start to notice as well. But if you don't notice what you're doing well, like maybe other people, people aren't, you know? And I just think that as I grew older, like I was able to appreciate like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm happy I pulled that off. Like, wow, that was sick. Like, way to go, Jeff. You know, like, <laughs> I honestly, not telling that to other people, but like your own internal self-talk is so very important. If you listen to any sports psychologist or any psychologist, your self-talk is one of the biggest things will, will determine if you're going to be successful or not. And so many people's self-talk is constantly negative constantly you're not good enough you can't do this oh you shouldn't do that you you know you oh you could have done better no notice the good stuff too tell yourself the good stuff you know learn from the bad but don't talk about it and don't keep being negative because i truly believe in the secret i tell all my players they should read it that's the law of attraction so if you're constantly saying the bad stuff in your head you're going to start putting out bad stuff you're attracting the bad stuff but if you're constantly telling yourself you're doing well and and you know you're you're recognizing the things that you're succeeding at it's going to bring that stuff to you and you're going to keep on doing it I'm sorry. I just have Kevin Nealon from Happy Gilmore. Harness energy, block bad. Dude, that's, <laughs> that's self-talk right there, though. That that's is so self-talk. True. And the, the tough part about it, though, is that I feel like we are entrenched in a sport where humility is something that is uh, almost overvalued. Over, overdone. Overdone. Right? Like, it's overdone. okay. it's okay to... Like, and he, granted, humility is a wonderful quality to have. I think it's an essential quality to have if you want to be, be great at something. But at the end of the day, like you can't beat yourself up trying to be so humble. Like you have to also love yourself and you have to <laughs> appreciate self-care and, and have great self-talk like you were saying. And it is, it's a bit difficult. I mean, you see this even in the media right now, you see this kind of like back and forth between kind of like the old school and the new school, even about like Trevor Zegers' goal. And, you know, it's like a flashy kind of thing, but oh my God, to have the confidence to try to pull that off, I would love a tenth of that in my life. But, you know, there's some people that aren't, aren't very happy with it because it's yeah, not and it's guess a what? humble well, sport. You shouldn't be showing off, right? Yeah, shut up, old butt, <laughs> old fart. Like, okay, let's see you even try and do that with no one on the ice. Let's see you just do that. Okay. Oh, you can't? Oh, well, that's why you're chirping it. Okay. I know. It's crazy, right? Like, but it is, I mean, hockey is a sport that, you know, it can get away from and, and almost like teaches people to not want to like be, have this overinflated sense of self. But at the end of the day, like you kind of have to, you got to be confident in what you do. You have to talk to yourself in the right way and and boost yourself up. And so it's, it's a interesting interesting mix of the balance dichotomy, i believe is the word you're looking for mr Car- i believe it's dichotomy <laughs> it's spelled ch right <laughs> yeah, yeah um okay so that's number eight uh number nine perspective is power perspective is power and we all live in our bubbles and we all think that what we do on a daily basis is the most important thing ever in the world And the reality of that is that is flat out false. And we can stress ourselves out to the nth degree by staying in our little bubble, or we can understand that we're just a little tiny part of this big machine 
And, you know, a lot of times when we do get perspective, we understand that, you know what, we don't really don't have it that bad. And I think when you have perspective, the shadow of that, what's tailing right behind it and always goes with it is gratitude. I think when you have perspective, it's a lot easier to have gratitude for the things that you have in your life. And I do think that gratitude is probably along with self-discipline and perspective, I would say too, you know, three of the most important tools that we can have in our tool belt, because it just gives us this, this greater understanding. I'm getting deep a little bit now, but this greater understanding of where we are at in the world. And I think when we can get out of ourselves and truly appreciate that, you know, everything we do is not the end all be all. And every decision that we make is not the most important decision that's going to affect a gazillion different people. Maybe if you're like the president or something, you you have some of those different kinds of decisions. But at the end of the day, like we all need for our own mental health and well-being to get out of ourselves and to get out of our bubbles and understand what other people are going through and have empathy for those that are around us. And and even for those that aren't around us, just in the greater, you know, whole wide world. And so perspective is power. And when we choose to get some perspective every day, whether it's to, you know, if you're talking to an elder or maybe for me, a lot of it is with my brothers, you know, they give me incredible perspective with, you know, their challenges that they face every day. And it's why I wanted Max to be one of my assistant coaches. I think he does such a phenomenal job of providing myself and, and, and our players with just this unbelievable perspective for where he's at. And so, um, I just think if we can practice that more and we can get out of our own little bubbles, which is very easy to be in with all these algorithms on social media that just feed us what we want to see and want to hear every day. And the way that like we only talk to people that agree with us now and not talk to people who have other perspectives on life and whatever. Um, I just think it's important to, to really every day try and find a way to get some perspective on your life. I love that. We talk about perspective all the time. And, uh, you know, <laughs> so funny. Did you write these tw- 10 TOEF commandments, knowing that they all blended into each other to help each other synergistically achieve <laughs> goals? I did not. Because like all of these things, it's just like, well, we're talking about this, but then that leads into that. And this leads into that. And it's, it's, you know, it's no secret how all of these, like, what, what was it? Captain planet. My powers combined, wind, <laughs> water, earth, ten tof mandments. They all go one next into the next. And anybody looking to, you know, start off your new year right and be successful, I think you listen to all of these um, and just try and put these all in your in your life every single day. How can I add one of these into my life? I guarantee you, you're going to be a more successful person, you know, in a week, in a month, in two months, in a year. Yeah. And I'm not sitting here for, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that I'm going to be perfect at these every single day, but it's just something I want to have on my nightstand and, and on my desk that I can turn to And because you're going to need certain of these things at different times in, in your life and even different times during the day. Like there's going to be time where maybe you need a little bit more perspective. There's going to be time where maybe you need a little bit more self-discipline. There's going to be time where maybe you need to, you know, think about the, the people in your life a little bit more and not just concentrate more like on yourself. And so, yeah, this by no, and this is mine, this isn't anybody else's. It's not like everybody has to be doing this, but I think if I can choose to focus on, you know, some of these things every single day and hopefully all of these things every single day, it's going to help me 
get the most out of my abilities and it's going to help me to, to enjoy this, this little journey that we're on called life. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. It's kind of like, uh, kind of like bumper lanes, you know, like they're, they're there to, you they know, steer you, start, you. you yeah, they steer you. You start to like lean. I might go into the gutter. Let me read my man, Toph man. It's bam. I'm back. Let's steal it. Let's go. Let's I was go. thinking more like go-karts. You know how you have the, like on the sides, how you can like run into them all the time, the the sides when you're go-karting and stuff. Yeah. For sure. Depends on the track though. Cause some of those are pretty hard. You go into that wall hard. You're done. You're in the pit, baby. That's life though, dude. You're going into the shit hard. And that's called a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I love you. I love it so much. That was amazing. <laughs> okay. You ready for the last one? I am. Hit me with it. Simple one word, love. I got a ring. It says love. Jackie Moon. From? Jackie oh, Moon. I don't know that movie that well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got to Yeah, I got to do that. When you said that, I was like, "You're proposing." <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the first thing. Love. Well, what is what does this entail for the, the Toph Mandments? Like honestly, a lot of different things because I think love is different for a lot of different people. Like if you ask what's the definition of love, I think people would have 10 different ones for 10 different people. And so I think for me, number one is choosing to spend more quality time with those that I love. I think, you know, when we're wrapped up in trying to accomplish a goal or something, a lot of times that's the the thing that kind of gets, you know, pushed to the side. And so I want to do that more. Um, and then the other thing is just having a deep sense of gratitude and a deep sense of love. Speaking of love, I love you. Your light is pink. Okay, cool. So quiet time is over. So I think this is kind of fitting that my firstborn will be sitting on the lap with me as we talk about this, but, uh, he has, she has piggy and Gerald. Okay. Hey, can you go by mama for a sec, please? I'm just finishing up with uncle Jeff. Right. And so, I mean, that's it right there. I think it's, you know, just spending more people, spending more time with the people that you love and spending more quality time and not necessarily time, but quality time um, with those that you love. Uh, I just want, just want to do that more because I think that goes hand in hand with loving what you do. And it just, again, everybody has a different definition for, for what it is. And I want to have more of it in my life. And I know that's up to me because the more that you give it, the more you get it back. And so we talk about mental health, physical health, all this kind of stuff. I think it all stems from, from love. And so that is the thing that I wanted to kind of end it with. Um, what's your, what do you think? Like, what's your definition of it or how do you kind of describe it? What does it mean to you? All you need is love. That's what I think of, man. No, honestly, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about, you know? And I love that you said the more that you put out, the more that you get back. I've definitely found that uh, that is something that has been extremely true in my life. I mean, that goes into like my, you know, my, what's all over my gym, what's tattooed on me, my clothing line, GMBM, like give more, be more. It's the same thing. Like you put out more love, you're going to get more back. You give more, you're going to receive more. And uh, the more you can put yourself in situations to really try and uh, I can't remember who said it. I just found my note the other day, um, transformational versus transactional. 
we had somebody on the podcast who said that. And unfortunately, I can't remember who it Ooh, is. Who was that? Podcast. Yeah, that was really um, good. It was one of my favorite podcasts we've yeah. done in the last bit. Um, I'll have to like, look back in the notes for that. Yeah. Like three months ago, two months ago. Um, and I just wrote it on my board up here. Now I took it off a sticky note and I put it up there. And I think that that's like love, like living, like living in a way where you're spreading like love. Like if you're trying to be, I literally wrote on my board here, I'm looking at it above me, treat interactions as transformational versus transactional, always add value. And for me, like that's like living in a loving way. I feel like so many people in today's world, when they have a conversation, they're waiting for the other person to stop talking so that they can talk or they can get their point across. And they're not taking in as much as they should be. They're not learning. They're not reflecting. They're not being challenged because all they hear is, is, you know, their own, their own voice in their head, or like you said, being fed their own confirmation bias. And I think like truly like putting out love into the world is trying to live in a way that your interactions, whether small or big are transformational versus transactional. And I think that's the biggest way to like put love out into the world. And that could be as simple as, you know, taking an old lady's uh, grocery cart, putting it back for her at wherever you go grocery shopping. Like it's not a big thing, but like, you know, it's, 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 it's going to make her have a better day. You know, like that's a little way to put love in there when you're, you know, dealing with your team. If you're a coach, how are you talking to your players? Are you taking extra time out of your day to set aside, to help, you know, so-and-so player on the fourth line, help him understand that he's a valued part of the team that, you know, he's doing great things. You want to help him get better. Here's how we do it. You know, let's check in. Let's make sure you're on the right path. Like that's transformational versus just like showing up and just not caring about him. And it's just like, I'm here to put in my hour of work. And I think that if you live your life in a transformational versus transactional way, you're putting out the love. And I also think that you'll start to see that you're going to get a lot more back. Totally. I, I want to say, and we mentioned him earlier, I want to say it was Craig Valentine. It wasn't was Craig. It wasn't Craig. wasn't Craig. No, it wasn't okay. Craig. Uh, it was, oh, I threw the sticky note out, but it had four things, a uh, uh, river who told us the river. And it was R is a word, you know, uh, oh, oh my and I gosh. had the notes, I had river written and then right next to it, I wrote transform, you know, be transformational, not transactional. Oh, I have no. to look back at it. It was, a, it was a really, really good podcast that yeah. like, out of nowhere. I didn't expect that. I didn't know who the guest was prior to him to coming on. And he was money. And I feel really bad. I can't remember at the moment. But, <laughs> I know. But I've, literally ever since then, I've had that written on my fridge. Be transformational, not transactional. And then I just transferred it to my board last night. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who was that? I can't remember either, but I remember, I remember when we were talking about that and both of us were like, yes. Yeah. I wrote something down. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. There you go. No, I think, uh, it's funny. So I'm, I'm not on TikTok very often, but, um, I've kind of figured out that these social media things, they algorithm the crap out of you based on the stuff that you like and on, and the stuff that you pay attention to. Right. And so I try to like really manifest that with, you know, what I'm interacting with or liking and things like that. And one of the things that I make sure to do that every time on is there's this person that just has their cell phone and they drive around and they literally just like stop and compliment people that are walking by. And it's so cool because the people like look at them like, wait, what? And then they compliment them and they're, it's, it's, oh my, and like half the people say, oh my God, you just made my day. 
just solely based on a compliment or based on like, you know, something. So they'll just drive down the road and they'll stop by a sidewalk and somebody will be walking by and say, Hey, you know, I think your hair looks really pretty today. Something as simple as that. And then the person will be like, Oh my God, thank you. You just made my day or something like that. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know. Just, we need more of that love. It's so much hate being vitriol being spewed around. And, and the, the tough part about it is it's like the people who are like running our freaking world that are the ones that are the biggest bullies of them all mm-hmm. um, on, on both sides. I'm not trying, this isn't a political yeah. conversation at all. I mean, just the people that we see on social media that are running our country and world, like, that's all they do is they, they're bullies. That's all they do is they're bullies and they try to attack, 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 attack. And that's why so many people attack and attack and attack. And I just think we need more, we need more love in the world right now. I think as a group, we'd be a whole lot better off. And I think, again, like you said, uh, the more that you're giving it, the more you're going to get back. And, uh, and that's the thing too. Don't wait for it. Like, don't wait for it. If you have something that you love or someone that you love, just go ahead and, and be the initiator <laughs> of be that the change you want to see in the world, man. I love that quote. So simple. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But Hey man, I thought this was awesome. This is a cool little, almost like a therapy session. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Taking notes, going to put some of these things into action and tell my guys to listen to this one for sure. There's no, yeah. and if anybody, like I would love to interact with people after this one, if there was one that resonated with you, or even if there's something that you think I can add to this, that's something that works for you. Um, I so shoot me an email, Tofer at the hockey think tank.com or, or DM me on social media, hockey think tank on, on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Um, because this is stuff I love to talk about. Like this is, you know, I love our hockey centric episodes for sure, but I, I love when we get to, you know, kind of riff on things that help us be the best versions of ourselves. And, and I think that it can go a long way and hopefully we provided some perspective for, for some people that are listening here today and they can use any all or one or whatever of the things that we talked about to, uh, you know, to help yourself be the best version that you want to be. So this was, this was fun. I loved it. Loved it. I'm going to put the the, the 10 TOEF amendments up in my room. I mean, those, those are, I'm going to have to name the episode that too. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Good stuff, man. Well, speaking of gratitude and the things that we were talking about, let's show some gratitude to some of the people that support us throughout this little pod cast journey. First off being gel sticks, your number one weighted training stick. This is going to come out before Christmas time. So go to gelsticks.com, G-E-L-S-T-X.com. Use the coupon code think tank to get uh, these would be unbelievable gifts for parents that are listening for your kids um, or even like your spouses who play golf. You know, they have weighted golf training sticks, sticks, clubs, clubs <laughs> too. And so, uh, yeah, G-E-L-S-T-X.com. They are a title sponsor. Use the coupon code think tank one word. Uh, the next company that we would like to thank is Jeff's train heroic Vex, You want to show some love and gratitude to those guys. I just want to say thank you to Josh and all the people uh, that make Train Heroic possible. The cleanest, nicest training app on the market. People like Mike Boyle, Vernon Griffith, myself, not don't deserve to be in their categories, but, um, you know, all using it to work with thousands, tens of thousands of people all over the world online. And it's going to be a lot cheaper than in person. So that's where I'm going to have all of my off ice training, my hot moms workout. This is how I train all of the junior teams that I work with put out a tweet last week, had a bunch of uh, high school organizations reach out to me that want to start using it. Um, super clean, super easy, much cheaper, uh, more efficient with your time. 
And uh, it's awesome. I can't thank them enough. They've changed my life and allowed me to help so many hockey players around the world that I've never actually been able to meet. And I will say I start filming for this coming off season is going to be an unbelievable online training experience this summer. I've um, been working on it for a couple of months. I go into the gym after Christmas to start filming it. So be on the lookout for ripped 2022 off season training. It's going to be beautiful. There we go. Love it. And then our next sponsor, icehockeysystems.com. These guys are incredible. And the service that they provide to the hockey world is something that I honestly think every single organization should have. I use it to plan all my practices. I use it to get better from a hockey standpoint. And so ice hockey systems, the best uh, website when it comes to being better as a player, parent, or coach. And we have partnered with them to uh, come up with an association platform. So very, very low cost, high value, and you can get this for all your coaches. Uh, We have given them the Hockey Think Tank Parent Survival Guide to um, give to all of your parents as well. So this is a one-stop shop to be better as a youth organization, honestly, like Christmas time, New Year's. I mean, what better time to to provide this for all your coaches? And it's literally like for no cost. So I I just think such a value add for any youth hockey organization out there, go to icehockeysystems.com, look for the associations tab. And uh, you know what? We're coming up on the end of 2021 here. It's been a long year for a lot of different people for a lot of different ways. And uh, we cannot, Jeff and I, I'll let you speak to it in a second. We cannot um, thank everybody that tunes in enough and for all the feedback that we get and for all the interactions that we have because of our podcast episodes with so many different people out there. And the coolest part is like, you know, it could be, you know, uh, a mom from Vancouver one day, and then it could be a coach from St. Louis the next day. And then, you know, it could be uh, a coach from Sweden the next day. I mean, it's incredible the reach that, that this podcast has, has gotten to and the thousands of people that tune in for, for every single episode. And so I, you know, we talked about it before, just have this immense sense of gratitude for everybody out there that continues to listen to this and push us. And, uh, Oh no, my little baby's here too. I have some gratitude for you too. (laughs) And so we just want to thank you all so, so, so much for, um, all the support that you've given us. We continue to grind this thing out for you and the, the positivity that we're trying to provide to the hockey world. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the feedback and continuing to, to tune in and, uh, Vex, what do you got? Just spread the love, peeps. Like Tof said, spread the love. Follow the other command. Tof commandments one through nine. Let's have a better uh, 2022 here. Here we go. All right. Say bye. Bye. <laughs> See you, everybody. Bye.